And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me once again in the studio is Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good day to you, Dan. And also Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks. Nice to have both of you gentlemen with us today, and it's a real privilege On this program, within the milieu of history, theology, and current events, we attempt to explore a variety of questions of interest which have been brought to our attention by either you, the listener, or items that we've dug up as we prepared for this program. Today on our agenda is a follow-on to this question that was asked last week, and that is, what role can Satan have in the believer's life? And last week we talked a little bit about the being of Satan as he is described for us in the scriptures, that he was a created being, a fallen angel, he was finite, not omnipresent, although more powerful than human beings. And we talked about the defeat of Satan by Jesus, by his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And um, today... We need to explore just a little bit more this whole question. And Mark, I think I'll let you take it from here because before we open the mic, you had some great ideas that we wanted to follow up on. Well, one of the things that is often a question to to some believers is, can Satan possess them? We see in the New Testament that Jesus cast out demons, they cast out evil spirits, And their question is, can a believer be demon-possessed? And I think in the scriptures, what we never see an example that we can say that this is a believer who's demon-possessed. It's usually a person who has been an unbeliever, and the demon is cast out. And part of the logic of that, of course, is a believer has what? The spirit of Jesus Christ and the spirit of God. And the Spirit of God cannot dwell in the same place, a demon. A demon couldn't couldn't bear up under it. Mm. Yeah, it's true, and um, it's, it's important. I, I, as a young man, when I first came to Christ, I was actually 20 years old, and hmm. I was in college, and I can remember sitting in a lecture, listening to a lecture, and it was an attack upon my newfound Christian faith, and I was being shaken. Yes. I was driving home. I was a commuter at the time. I was driving home, and I heard the late Theodore Epp on the radio. Yeah, yeah. And uh, back to the Bible. Yeah. And um, he quoted a verse of Scripture that it literally saved my life mm. at the point. Of mm. course, God was using it. And the, and the Scripture that he quoted was, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to remember. That's right. No matter how much we feel threatened or oppressed, we must always remember that Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is in us by the power and presence of his Spirit, mm-hmm. is greater than all that threatens us. Amen. So I I think that's a good distinction, gentlemen, that regarding demon possession, that's uh, something that a non-Christian could experience. But a believer, by his very nature, is indwelt by the Holy Holy Spirit Spirit of God. And so you can't have both demon possession and spirit possession. That is Holy Spirit possession. Now, Mark, you did raise an interesting point, and that is that of 
oppression. Yes, we can be oppressed by Satan or his uh, angels, and they can cause an, an, a number of things. They can cause us a lot of grief. Paul, mm-hmm. of course, talked about a messenger of Satan who gave him this thorn in the flesh right. in uh, 2 Corinthians 12. We can have that. We also see it in the uh, Old Testament where God actually uses Satan in in a number of ways. Hmm. One of the interesting passages to look at with uh, this in mind is is if you look at, for example, 1 Chronicles, and it talks about 1 Chronicles 21.1, where it says, Satan incited David to take a census. Now, remember (laughs) the census that was taken by David, and, of course, it was a wrong thing to do. Uh, Joab, his general, knew it was wrong, and he did it anyhow, and as soon as he did it, he knew he had uh, disobeyed God, and so uh, then we have God giving him the choice of three judgments, and of course, David took the three days of plague, where many Israelites were slain during that plague. But if you look at Second Samuel 24, it also talks about that passage, that incident, And it says, again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, Mm. and he incited David against them, saying, Mm -hmm. Go number Israel and Judah. So you see, actually what happened in this one, if you look at it, is is Satan was inciting David to number the people, but God had given Satan the green light to go ahead and do it. Yes. Uh Same thing in the book of Job, of course. Mm. Uh, An entire book in the Bible devoted to one man's encounter with Satan, but it was by God's permission. Mm -hmm. God is accomplishing a higher purpose. You know, we see evil in a very narrow way, almost as if Mm. it is opposing God, but in the scheme of salvation, (laughs) even the very wrath of man is used to the praise of God. Mm. And certainly that is a wonderful and comforting (laughs) understanding of who God is. Amen. Hey, I see that um, we need to take a break here, gentlemen. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. So good to have you along with us today. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me is Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. 
And welcome back to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today in the studio with me is Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. On our agenda today is a follow-up to this question that we started answering last week concerning what role can Satan have in the believer's life. And I'm going to turn it right over to Pastor Vance to continue. I was um, uh, thinking uh, in the early history of the church, uh, it was a church that was persecuted. Uh, They were, as you well know, uh, fed to the lions even on occasions, but they were discriminated against. They lost house, home, and lands. Uh, They were under quite attack, and they knew and felt the power of the evil one. Hmm. But they also had a theme in their heads. The the famous theologian Joseph Aline wrote a book some years ago talking about the atonement of Christ, and he named his book Christus Victor, a Latin word which means that Christ is the victor over Satan, mm. sin, and the grave. Amen. And what Christ did, and they knew this, was that he had delivered them and would deliver them from the power of Satan. So that victory, that Christ is the one who has gained the victory, is terribly important in any age, time, or place to Mm. remember. Yeah. You know, you guys reminded me of something. I have a quote here from uh, Calvin's Institutes Mm -hmm. in um, Book 1, The Knowledge of God the Creator, and Chapter 14, He talks about the devil standing under God's power. And uh, just a short quote, I'll read it. It says, As for the discord and strife that we say exists between Satan and God, we ought to accept as a fixed certainty the fact that he can do nothing unless God wills and assents to it. For we read in the history of Job, and you guys have mentioned this, that he presented himself before God to receive his commands, and did not dare undertake any evil act without first having obtained permission. And so uh, certainly God is always in charge, and for the child of God, we have the protection because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And like we mentioned last week, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God for the Christian. Well, one of the um, accompanying themes here to this has to be the notion of demon possession and the presence of demons uh, in our world. Mm. You know, Mm. the scripture presents evil in a personal way, and it presents it as a personal power, a spiritual power. The modern world tends to reject this notion, of course. You know, Christians who are traditional in their faith hold on to these things because it's Bible. Mm. On the other hand, there is a kind of denial that goes on in the modern world, which I think keeps us from recognizing problems as problems. Yes. Simply because we do not recognize the spiritual roots and dimensions of evil. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, what? Deliver us from evil. Or, in some translations, rightly, deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Seems, Mark, before we open the mic here today, you were sharing with us a kind of balanced view. Can you explain that a little bit more? It goes along with what John is saying here. Well, I think the problem that we have is, especially in the Christian church, is to make too little of Satan on the one hand, 
and on the other hand, to make too much of Satan, mm. and and that's mm-hmm. uh, a problem. We need to balance that. And as, as Pastor Vance was saying, you know, Satan does work in our society, and we live in very much an agnostic society in many ways, and mm-hmm. Satan works on that level. He uses yeah. that agnosticism. In contrast, if you look at some of the more primitive societies in the jungles who are filled with spirit, those spirits make themselves manifest more to those people, and they really see them. Yeah. I'm reminded of a story that we heard over the air here several weeks back on the feature that we carry with jars, and the missionary was sharing that, uh, I believe it was in the Indonesia area, Uh, Often you'll find people over there without fingers on their hands. And he was pointing out that their tradition, uh, their heathen tradition, was that when a person would die um, to appease the spirits, they would cut off part of their finger. And another person would die, they'd cut off more of their finger. And so it wasn't uncommon for you to walk and look and, and see young people with their fingers cut off. And the effect of the gospel coming into that culture was that now people would have all the fingers left mm. on their hands. <laughs> yeah. uh, just fascinating, the effect of the gospel yes, in these nations when Christ is proclaimed, yeah. believed, and lived for. It's very powerful. My son is a pilot in Brazil and yeah. gets into the tribes and gets into the jungle and we've had a chance to go down and visit and talk with some of the people and the missionaries and Bible translators and there's a couple incidences where you see again that power of the gospel to this day in many of the tribes down there if twins are born mm. or if the child does not thrive the people will say it has no spirit mm. and the spirits are telling them that they need to give that child back and so they bury it alive. That's and, terrible. And that has occurred, of course, in the tribes where the gospel has come. That no longer occurs. Mm. There's another incident in the Banawa. And uh, this was a missionary who was relating this to me. He said, you know, before when a young woman, a young girl would come of age and mature, they would go through a big ceremony. And at the end of the ceremony, they would tie this girl to a post and all the men of the tribe would beat her with rods. They would yeah. beat her. They would beat her. Okay. And and so the scars on her back would be a reminder of this day. Mm. After the gospel got there, he said nobody told them that they had to change That's this tradition. Key. That's key. Mm. Nobody yeah. told them. Mm. They automatically changed that and yeah. put the rods away and laid hands on her and prayed for There's her. There's the effect of God the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Now, yeah. I- even in India... Uh, when uh, the Western missionaries got there uh, at a certain point, though there were Christians in the South, but when they got there, they recognized, particularly in the North, that there was a practice of sati, where Hmm. when a man was, when he died, they buried his widow alive with him or burned her with him on the funeral pyre. Um, But when the power of the gospel came, and of course, I think in this case, too, uh, it, it was not just the missionaries, but the British political power played a role, which had been influenced by Christianity. Mm-hmm. It did come to an end. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. Satan works very openly, but sometimes mm-hmm. very subtly, as I think he yeah. works in many and various yes. so-called sophisticated lands. Yeah. Yes. I've often wondered if the 
the compulsions, sexual compulsions, drug compulsions, do not have this demonic dimension. That's of course. right. Yes. Yeah, and you you got me thinking here as as um, mm. nations ebb and flow in their embracing the Christian gospel or going away from God. We might call them covenant breakers. We should fear, quote unquote, fear. Um, that the wiles of Satan will become more and more mm-hmm. evident, mm-hmm. even in our own uh, country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need the gospel. We need Jesus Christ. There are bizarre practices that have developed in societies where there have been no Christian influence, and we reviewed a couple of these today. Well, it, surely uh, we could say this, too, that where there is a rejection of the gospel there will be a return to paganism. The question that we're considering today, if you've just joined us here on A Plain Answer, is simply this. What role can Satan have in the believer's life? And this spawns several other discussions um, that is relating to Satan in other cultures where there has been no Christian witness whatsoever. And also I would think that there's a number of stories of Christian missionaries um, experiencing resistance as they minister the gospel. It can't be very easy on these missionaries. Mark, maybe you know a lot more stories with your background than I. Well, I was going to mention, I remember one of the missionaries that we've supported, and, and, and we know that went to one of the more remote areas of Mexico among the Tarahumara people of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he said the first thing that happened when he was there, the witch doctor came up to him and placed a curse on him. Mm. As of now, I believe that witch doctor has come to faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise the Lord for yeah. that. In an earlier session, we were reading from a verse in 1 Peter chapter 5, and I, I want to go back to that because that was last week, just to remind ourselves, because this question actually came from a young person, and the apostle says this, uh, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So uh, God gives us this promise that as we resist the devil, as James tells us, that he will flee from us. And so it's a wonderful promise of God, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I think as James also points out, a lot of the wisdom of this world is in fact actually demonic wisdom. <laughs> and uh, But indeed, you know, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, comforting things, though, is to read the book of Revelation and to realize mm-hmm. that the last scenes in the Bible have nothing to do uh, with darkness or with mm-hmm. Satan, but with the mm-hmm. coming of the glorious kingdom of God, right. the new Jerusalem. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Christianity teaches clearly that the Lord has triumphed and will triumph, mm-hmm. and that... Um, there is no kind of system where this is an eternal thing in a struggle between good and evil. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's uh, a worldview 
that I believe is the kind of worldview that we need to embrace and live today as, as people who believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. It makes us strong and confident in the world, recognizing that mm-hmm. the Lord is with us. That's right. right. So there's real safety there for the Christian. Well, I see we're getting close to the end of uh, this session. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to uh, talk today about this subject matter that came up, this question, what role can Satan have in a believer's life? As we close, maybe some uh, closing remarks today as we have considered this. This question came from a young person. Uh, What could we uh, encourage this young person in as we close today? Well, I would simply say this, to keep your eye on Christ. Focus on Christ. Focus on the things of the Lord and his goodness. Mm. And refuse to, uh, you might say, recognize that one that would destroy. Mm. Um, It's a matter of, we're never taught to keep our eyes on Satan. We're always (laughs) taught to keep our eyes on Christ. So that is the important thing for a young person to remember. Mm. The one I was thinking of is where Paul says, I press toward the mark. And the mark is not anything to do with Satan. The mark is his calling upward to Christ. And also the scripture talks about us having, in terms of our frame of mind, remaining simple concerning the things that are evil. In other Mm. words, there's a lot of goop in this world that we really Mm. don't need to dive into. You know, all the Satanism and all the practices. um, There's a lot better stuff to think about. And that's the things concerning the gospel. Amen to that. The uh, the Apostle Paul's encouraging words that he presses on, he presses upward toward his high calling, the mark mm. that he presses toward in Christ Jesus. I I think that's the, the focus that we need to have. <laughs> Amen. I think, uh, as Pastor Vance has said, this definitely needs to be our focus. And yes, Satan is there, and Satan does oppress us. You look at Paul's life, he talks about his thorn in the flesh. He also talks about Satan having prevented him from coming to the Thessalonians. He talks about uh, the difficulties that he had with Satan. But there's always a victory, you know. I think Calvin, you had a quote from Calvin where he where we get beat down and everything, but we're always the victor yeah. in there. And that just reminds me of Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-three, and 24. He says that the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Mm-hmm. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, mm-hmm. for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Yeah. And that for the Christian, the believer, the Lord always upholds us, even though we may get beat down at times. That's right. Uh, we'll always get up. You know, I find it interesting. Paul even says his thorn was given to him. Right. <laughs> his given, yes. <laughs> that his grace might be manifested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Go well, ahead. we're out of time already on this program. Today we've been talking about this question, what role can Satan have in the believer's life? We trust that our, our discussion has been a blessing to you and perhaps shed a little light on this question. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. And uh, in the studio today, joining me was Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Be sure to join us again next week at the same time for A Plain Answer.